Praise the Lord. Good to see you, Mother Marshall. Good to see you. Amen. How was the service Sunday that you preached at? I know, I know it was. Uh, did you did you holler one time? I thought you did. I thought you did. I thought you would anyway. James chapter five. Mother had the minister on Sunday. Passed. Amen. And we know that the Lord used her. Amen. And that she did a good job for Jesus. Amen. James chapter five. We're keying in on verses 16 through 18, but we'll look at the whole piece there, the whole text there from 13 through 20. I'll be reading from the King James Version, and it reads, Is any among you afflicted? Question. Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, I want you all to remember that, take note of that, mental note of that, because that's what I'm going to deal with. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Seems like there's a whole package there that's just released. Several things happen when you do one main thing. It says there in verse number 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer, my God, of a righteous man availeth much. Hallelujah. Elias, Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any, any, any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. Amen. Going back into our prayer summit. You may take your seats. We'll suspend the rest. We'll go right into the word tonight. Back into our prayer summit. There are four summits that we are connecting with, amen, under this whole entire kingdom summit. We have already concluded the singles summit, amen, which was our first one. Then our second one is an emphasis on prayer, which we are in now, the prayer summit. We will move from here into the evangelism summit. Amen. And then we will conclude with the economic summit. And of course, when we understand the whole idea of kingdom summit, we understand that as it relates to kingdom, we're referring to the king who is God. Amen. Who is God in all of who he is and all of his splendor. He's king. Amen. King of kings, Lord of lords. He is above all. He is over all. Do I have an amen anywhere? As we talk about the king, of course, there has to be a kingdom, that, that, that which he reigns over. Amen? So we have a king who has an area that he reigns over. Amen? Of which he also has a government that he reigns by. Amen? It is, it is the, the, the guidelines in which he operates, the criteria in which he operates and governs his kingdom. Amen? And so we have already said that there's a difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God, of course, represents his rule, his, his, his government, how he does what he does. And of course, the kingdom of heaven speaks of the 
the sphere or the arena, the area, the space where it is that he reigns, the realm of which he reigns. Amen. In the prayer, we discovered that we want the Lord, we want his kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. So it is that we want God in essence and in principle, we want God everywhere and everything that he has created, which is everything. We want him to rule there. Amen. We want, so we want, we have lost, we have lost in essence the keys to reign and rule on the earth through Adam, but recovered in Jesus. Amen. And now those of you, those of us who are born again, after the keys have been recovered by Jesus, he now gives to us the keys according to Matthew chapter number 16. That we now have the keys of the kingdom of heaven whereby we can bind and loose. Amen. That means that whatever is illegal in heaven, we have the keys to make sure that it is illegal here in the earth. Amen. And then whatever is permissible and legal in heaven, those keys, the keys of authority, allows us to implement that which is heaven here in the earth. So you and I have the keys, come on, the keys of the kingdom. All right. So we, the authority has been regained. You and I have the keys to and of the kingdom. So now, <clears throat> as we deal with this prayer summit, again, our enemy, I'll take another 60 seconds, our enemy that we're dealing with primarily is the flesh. Flesh is adversarial to every spiritual endeavor. Our flesh is adversarial to every spiritual endeavor. The flesh in definition and understanding is the lower nature that we used to have. Before we were born again, we lived by the course of this world. In other words, without our spirit, our, our human spirit, which has been reborn in Christ, without it being reborn in Christ, what happens now, we are, we operate as two dimensional people, soul and body. Okay, soul and body. And so now our appetites and all of those desires and, and all of those type of things now, they are governed by our soul. Whatever it is that we have feelings for, whatever we feel we want, we go ahead and we do that. But once we're born again now, old things have passed away and behold, all things become new. That means now the new nature, the nature of Christ is now living inside of us now, the new nature. And with the new nature now, we live higher. We move to that summit place in life. We move from a low place of living to a high place of living. Amen. We go to the, to that place of abundant living. Amen. To that place of abundant living. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So we move to abundant life. That's the Zoe kind of life. That is the God kind of life. So now we live by our new nature, but we must be careful that we don't flip flop and start releasing the old nature because old things are passed away relative to their importance in our lives. Okay, you can't for a person to backslide. There has to be something to backslide to. You have to have something to backslide to. So the things that are passed away, they're passed away relative to their importance in our life. It's not like it is passed away and gone forever. Okay? It's, 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 it's in a condemned place. It's in a place now that you are no longer. 
Okay, so you and I have to be careful not to allow the world's thinking to still dominate us. Because once we're born again, our spirit comes alive to God, but our minds still need to be transformed. Now I desire God, but now I got to get my mind to line up with my heart, with my spirit, if you will. So now I got to get my mind renewed. I got to go through a renovation process. Amen. I got to get a team to come over to my house and tear down the old stuff and, and, and in 24 hours put something up new. I just had to go to the TV shows, you know. Was that house? Was it, was, was the name of that show that they used to be real, used to be real, real popular? Extreme Makeover. It's not that popular no more. That's because all of these other shows done cropped up now. But anyway. And they got divine something, right? Divine makeover and all that kind of stuff that come on Sunday. But anyway, uh, what, what we have to do is we have to go through this renovation process in our mind so it can match our spirit. If our mind is not renovated and renewed, here's what happens. If we've not changed in our mind, we will act and behave as if we were never saved. Even though we are saved. So we live life, we live a conflicted life. We love Jesus, made a decision for the Lord, going to heaven. But my God, there is no distinction in how we live. There's no distinction in how we think. No distinction in how we talk. Because the carnal mind is still there, a worldly mindset, which is governed by my flesh. My same old appetites, I still feel like cursing. That's what the flesh will make you do. Come on now. Curse words be coming up. When curse words try to rise up inside of you, just understand, okay? Don't be fooled. You're saved once you gave your life to the Lord. But the transformation process is still in process. Okay? Okay? That curse word want to come up out of you? It hasn't been deadened yet. You got to dead that thing. That curse word want to come up out of you. That's the old man want to come up out of you. All right? You gotta fill your heart with something. You gotta get your mind transformed and you gotta get your heart filled with something else. With the, with, with the love of God and the word of God. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that stuff's still in your heart, man. You gotta get that out of there. Okay? So, now, as we, as, as we're moving and, and, and coming to the conclusion of the prayer summit, that's very critical because prayer is a spiritual activity. And the enemy of that is the flesh. And we got to make sure that that dude, that guy, that gal is dead Amen. underneath our feet, Amen. buried in the grave. Amen. You cannot, you cannot dig this thing up. Please don't dig it up. All right. So now let's just go ahead for the sake of our lesson. Say that we understand how the flesh operates. We understand that according to what Paul said in the book of Galatians, we understand that if we sow to the flesh, we shall of the flesh reap corruption. So let's know that we've gotten that, which means that if we allow the flesh to do anything, it has corrosive results. It starts to tear us down. All right. So we have, let's assume for the teaching that we have deadened the flesh. Okay, so now let's go ahead and establish this spiritual activity called prayer. Now, 
The purpose here, as we're dealing with prayer, let me just give you that again, is that we would bring the body of Christ, that we would come together as the body of Christ, that we would come and go to another level of prayer so that we can ensure the presence of God's power flowing consistently in the house of the Lord. Simply said that what we're, what we're endeavoring to do and the purpose of this lesson is to get into a position where we experience God's power through prayer established in his house as a constant okay there's no there's no times when it goes down the power of god goes down then it goes up no no god's power is always and an on and up and the reason why see there's nothing wrong with god's power period but you and i are conduits through prayer and of prayer to release it So that means that you and I have to have to be in position to always be prayerful people so that always consistently the power of God is operative and manifested in his house or wherever we go. We concluded last night by saying, we believe, and you've heard me say this before, we just kind of did it a little differently, that when people drive and turn from Airport Road onto Weathersfield Avenue... That there should be a, 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 a difference. Yeah. And then when they pull up, come on, to this property, which is 740-760 Weathersfield Avenue, when they reach this property, that there should be, be an experience that they'll have, a powerful experience that they'll have. They should not be able to drive past this location without experiencing as if they're driving into something. And then on the other side, come out of it. I want them to know that they have just gone through a power zone and have come out. But you and I, we are the drivers to that. We are the conduits to that, which means that we must position ourselves and we must respect prayer more than we have ever done in times past. We must respect the power of prayer. Now, We said that prayer is the language uh, that causes spiritual communion with God. It's talking to God. It's harmonizing with God. It's coming into alignment with God. It is a channel of power to God whereby God releases his will into the earth. When I pray, it connects to heaven. And whatever God wants to do, he will just drop it into the chute, into the channel, and it causes it to drop into the earth. So when I'm praying, I'm not trying to get God to do something for me that he hadn't already intended to do. I'm simply, when I'm praying, I'm simply aligning myself with God. Where are you, God? You're over there. I align myself with God. And when I align myself with God, his desire is now my desire. What he wants is now what I want. What his will is, is my will now. And once I get in there, then I can ask. What I will. Because my will is his will. And so when I ask what I will and it shall be done, the father has no issues. He just simply says, oh, you want what I want. Hallelujah. Here to go. Right here. Because the real deal is that God has a plan for this earth. That which he's created, he has a plan to take care of that which he's created. Just like he has a plan to take care of you and I, he has a plan to take care of this earth. It's his. The earth is the Lord's. 
and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. All of this is God's and he has a desire for everything that he has created. So now it behooves you and I, it is our responsibility now to understand, first of all, that we're placed here on this planet by and for purpose. And that purpose ultimately is to glorify him, which is to reflect him in the earth, please him in the earth. Come on. Which means that now I ought to know what he wants so that as an ambassador, 5 and 20, 1 Corinthians, get it done here in the earth. As a representative, I'm the one that God will use to speak for him on his behalf here in the earth. So when I lay hands on the sick, they recover not for me, but they recover because God wants them to recover. My hand becomes a conduit. Whereby he releases, come on, his power. Amen. Now, last night, we established what effectual fervent prayer was all about. We established effectual fervent prayer. Energy, energio. We established the energy that you and I ought to pray in. The type of energy. That we are to pray in. I can't, I can't go back. But then we talked also about energio and fervent, effectual, fervent prayer. Fervent prayer is that prayer, uh, 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 that is full, that is zealous, that has zeal to it, has fire to it. Come on. It's, 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 it's a fervent, earnest type prayer that I'm serious about this. Not only effect effectual in the sense that there's active power, but it is also fervent in that I am earnest in this. I'm earnest in this prayer. It has nothing to do with the volume that I will use with my voice. It's the energy put behind it, and it is the earnestness that I have in my prayer. Now, it's okay that I do raise my voice because sometimes I might want to go ahead and blow the trumpet a little bit. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with raising your voice, but don't just be making noise. Because noise alone is distractive. But if you raise your voice with earnest, oh my God, with effectual and ferventness attached to it, then you won't confuse me and you won't get in my way. But we become like a two-barreled shotgun. Man, I feel hot tonight too. Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. Now, so the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous makes tremendous power available. Now, let's go into our last piece now that deals with a small member of our body, but carries strong power. And that member is our mouth, the, the tongue, the mouth. Let's deal with that now. Because if I expect anything to happen, it is released by my mouth. It's released by my mouth. My mouth is important. My mouth is important. So let's talk about the importance of our mouth. Let's go back into the text there. James 5. Look there 
at verse number 15. 15. Preceding that, 13 and 14, there are certain things that's happening. If you're sick, let them pray. Okay? If you're married, sing. Activities of my mouth. Okay? If I'm if sick among you, call for the elders of the church. Let them pray. Anointing with oil. Then it says, and the prayer, 15, and the prayer of what? The prayer of what? The prayer of faith shall do the delivering, shall do the saving of the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Now, so then it's the prayer of faith that I want to get into. Talk about the prayer of faith. I want to talk about the prayer of faith. Faith. faith is the substance, 11 and 1 Hebrews, of things hoped for. Watch this. It's the substance of things expected. You never expect anything unless there is someone who makes a promise. When someone makes a promise, you move into expectation. God has made a promise. He's made a promise. And so now, here's what happens. There's a, based upon his promise that he made, a promise that he makes shares what he will do. So it positions anyone who receives his promises, it positions them to expect, confidently expecting. Now, faith is the substance, the raw materials of things expected. It's the raw materials of things expected. On Sunday afternoon down in Norwalk at the service, when I popped in there uh, and, and came and went in and got myself freshened up and everything came out, I heard Elder Hodge speaking and exhorting the people of God. And as he was exhorting the people of God, he had reached back into an example of something I had shared many years ago concerning a house. And I said that, that when you go to Home Depot, if you go to Lowe's, inside of Lowe's and Home Depot is a house. There's a house inside of those stores. It is just unassembled. The roofing material is in there. Come on. The sheetrock for the walls, the wood that will provide the, 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 the framework is there. There's cement there that will help to us to make the foundation, come on, to solidify, to build upon, come on. There are measuring instruments there that will help us to measure the size of what we want to build, help us to measure the density of the foundation that we're going to lay here. All of those things are in there. Shingles are there. All of those things. Curtains are there. You can find a whole lot of things there. You find a whole house inside of those stores. Those home improvement stores have a whole house in them. Everything. Everything you need. All the materials. It's materials. Okay? You go in there, you do not see an erected house, but you see the materials for the house. But you can safely say that your house is in there. You can say that and not be telling a lie. Because a house is in there. 
You just, it's just not put together. It's just not assembled. But an unassembled house doesn't mean a house is not in there. It's there. So now faith is the substance. Come on, y'all. It's the raw material of the things that you're expecting. That's why you can say confidently that I have this. That's why you can say confidently that it is so concerning this matter. That's why you can stay on this side and have a son who is cracked out of his head, laying down, mind messed up on drugs, but declare that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. You can say that because your faith, come on now, your faith tells the truth based upon the promise of God. My faith is the raw material for what I am expecting. Only thing I'm, I'm waiting for now is for it to move, come on, into, into a manifested position. That's all I'm waiting for, and I got time. Bible says let your patience, let patience have her perfect word. I got time. Come on, tell me if I got time. Okay. But while I'm waiting, I'm not going to act like it's not. I'm going to act like it's so. I'm going to be like my daddy, God, calling those things which be not as though they were. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all with me? Furthermore, another translation says of faith that it is the title deed. When you get the title deed of a thing, of a house, or whatever the case may be, of a building property, it says that you have a document that gives proof that that building, that property is yours. Amen. You go buy furniture in a store and they can't deliver it that day. It doesn't mean it's not your furniture. You can always say it's mine because you have the receipt. Your receipt says that you have purchased it already. It's mine. It may not be in my house yet, but it's mine. I'm just waiting for the truck to load it up and bring it to my house. So when my friends come over, I tell them I got a new couch. When my friend comes over, I tell him I got a new washing machine. They're looking for it. So don't worry about it. It's going to show up. Here's the receipt. I bought it already. So the word of God, come on, y'all. Faith, come on. Faith and the word of God is synonymous. Raise up your Bibles real quick. That's your receipt. That's your receipt right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's your receipt right there. Hallelujah. It's going to show up. Ain't no problem. It's going to show up. It's going to show up. Go to Mark chapter number four. Then we'll jump back there. Go to Mark chapter four. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get you on this side. I'm trying to get you off the fence. Some of us straddling the fence too much. Come on, yesterday and tomorrow. No, what's that about? If God said yes, it's yes yesterday, it's yes today, and it's yes tomorrow. I don't care what kind of 
whether it is today. That's not, that's not going to change things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mark chapter number four. Look at what it says there somewhere. I'm going to find it in a minute. Give me a second. I'm going to find it because it's there. Yeah, it is. Mark chapter four. Look there at verse number 20. Uh, yeah, verse number 26. It says, this is Jesus talking and he's sharing parables, helping us to understand things. And he said, verse 26, so is the kingdom of God. This is how God operates. As if a man should cast seed into the ground. Watch this now. And should sleep and rise night and day. And the seed should spring and grow up. Please highlight this next piece. He knoweth not how. The problem that we as the people of God have where we stumble is we try to figure out how God's going to do it. We have gotten in his way and gotten in his business. And now he's trying to work and here we are looking over his shoulder. Here we are saying, God, you sure about that? God, did you see what they just did? The way God operates is that you cast the seed and go to bed, please. Your responsibility is to cast the seed, go to bed when you're supposed to, wake up when you're supposed to. Just stay alive, man. Just go to bed and wake up. You keep doing that. God said, I got the rest. Because you don't know how God's going to do it. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with it. You and I, we can collectively get together today and we can release prayer under God because God wants to do something in our state and the prayer we release can be concerning our governor. And while he is in the process of making a decision, collaborating with those who are around him, he can change his mind at the end and say, no, we can't do this. And the reason why he'll say no is because the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. We have got the mind of God on this matter. And governor, you cannot sign that document. Y'all with me? I'm sorry. I don't mean to scream. Tell somebody you don't know how. Now ask him a question. Are you all right with that? Can you go to sleep? Can you stop worrying about it? Can you fluff your pillow, please? Can you get up off of me with all of those worrying questions, please? How do you think God's going to do it? I don't know. It's not my business to know. I can tell you this. Here's the best wisdom I can give you. Go to sleep. Close your eyes. If your eyes won't close, get one of them pads and put them over your eyes. And just lay there until the morning.
Because that's our, we have to learn the art of sleeping. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Why are you staying up when he who is God's neither sleeps nor slumbers? Why you got to stay up if he already going to be up? Have you ever gone to sleep at night and woke up and things have changed? I know you have. Verse 28. It says, the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade. Then the air. After that, the full corn in the air. It sounds to me like there's a process that is, is, is engaged here before there is manifestation. And you and I are part of the process. We got to sleep and rise. And when we do that, the earth starts responding. Blade first. Then comes the air. And then the full-blown corn in the air. It makes no sense that we have to worry about stuff. Go to 1 John, chapter 5. 1 John, chapter 5. Y'all riding with me? Got enough room? Okay. Look at what it says there in verse number 13, 1 John, chapter 5. Are you there? Yes. All right. Sister, wait a minute. Hold that horse for a second. All right. All right. Let's go. I know the country come out every now and then. Verse 13, 1 John 5. Yeah, we did all that stuff. These things, John says, have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, of God, that ye may know... Highlight, circle that, put paintbrush, do something on that. Know that you have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is, everybody say, and this is. And this is the confidence, the assurance. This is what you stand boldly on. This is the thing that you can stand up and herald unashamedly, boldly. And this is the confidence. That we have in him that if we ask, petition prayer, anything according to his, come on, will, what he wants, what he desires, he does what? He hears us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we, come on, come on. Have. The word have there is the word possession. It means you take possession of. All right, I I can't, I can't. You know, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So when we ask, 
anything. Everybody say, everybody say anything. anything. When you ask anything, anything, everybody say anything. anything. When you ask anything, anything according to his will. I think according to his will is just a little nice little caveat he puts in there because every time we ask, we ought to ask according to his will. But he just puts it there to make sure that it's qualified what we're asking. But when we ask anything according to his will, we're aligned with him. We know what he wants to do in the earth at this time. We are positioned. Here am I, Lord. Send me. We are positioned in that place now. And we know what his will is, we ask anything that's according to his will, we know he hears us. He heard me. You you never have to ask anybody, do you think God heard me? No, no. When we're asking according to his will, you know. You don't even need a witness. You don't need confirmation from nobody. We know we heard him. And he heard us. And then, if we know he heard us, then we also know the position we have. We also know that we have. We have this confidence. And we know we have the petition that we desired of him. So when you know you have something, you act boldly about it. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Doesn't matter the conditions. I don't care what the doctor says about your certain condition right now. The doctor says that you're deteriorating in health. And that now you're given X amount of months to live. Well, I hope you don't expect me to believe that. No, no, I hope you don't expect me to agree with that. I I appreciate, I appreciate the information and the data that you have just released, but I already have data given to me. I have already have, uh, come on, receipts. I have promises and all that kind of stuff. And see, I have enough data that has already caused me to be convicted already. When you have enough data and information, you're able now to set up your conviction on this thing. I'm convicted. I'm convinced already. Got enough proof. Got enough information. Got enough data right now. I'm convicted before you told me the results. The results that you gave me now just told me I need to just turn up the heat. That's all. The, my expect, effectual and fervent. That's all. It just means that I just turn up the heat now. Instead of me just being on my knees, I may want to walk right now. Because I, I, may, I may need to get some things involved right now. I understand that movement means things. I might praise dance tonight. Because there's certain movements in my, come on, in my dance, my praise dance, or my worship dance, that's going to release some things. Come on, just like, come on, just like a major league baseball team. The manager has signals that he gives to his first base coach. He has signals that he gives to his third base coach. And then they do stuff like this. Okay, those, <laughs> those movements mean something. That means he's about to steal second base right now. And while he's stealing second base, they're about to steal home. They ain't gonna, the other team don't know what they're going to do now. Because man running from first and third. Now what you going to do? Got you. Who you going to throw at? So in my prayer, I might get up and walk the floor a little bit. I might have to take off my shoes right now. You know what I mean? Because all of this is, is symbolizing that I'm about to move into a certain kind of prayer. Come on. That's going to do some damage now. 
I, I need to cut something. Hey, man, you may pull your sword out. It's funny, we're smiling, but y'all get what I'm saying. Because I know something. And when I know something, my confidence is established here. Hallelujah. My boldness, I just get crazy bold in this thing. You know what I mean? You just stand up. Right? Just stand on up. No time for shrinking back on this. I'm bold about this thing. Why? Because I know something. Hallelujah. Y'all still with me? So as I'm dealing with the prayer of faith, that means that there's something that I know that I can put this energy into. Now, I know something And since I know something, I can't stay silent. I've got to say something. Go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter number 11. Hallelujah. Luke chapter number 11. See, do I want to do that first? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, y'all just flow with me. Put your ribbon there at Luke chapter 11 and go with me to Romans 10. Luke 11. But then we're going to go to, put your ribbon on Luke 11. Let's go to Romans 10. Okay, let me see how I want to do this. Romans 10. Y'all there? At Romans 10? Okay. Now, it says there, hmm, which one I want? Okay. Look there at, um, hmm. Okay. Say not. Okay. Go to verse number four. Verse four, King James Version says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Are you there? For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Watch this. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Listen to it. But the righteousness which is of faith does what? Speaketh on this wise or this way. Say not. Okay. In thine heart. Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or, this is what we're not saying. Y'all get it? This is what we're not saying. 
Okay? The righteousness which is of faith does not say these things. Does not say who shall ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But this is what or how (laughs) the righteousness of faith talks. Y'all with me? Verse 8. But what, but, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. Mouth and heart connected. That is the word of faith, which we speak, which we preach. That, watch this, that if thou shalt confess Because this is how we operate now. That if thou shalt confess, say with your mouth, well, it says there, with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus. This is how we talk now. The righteousness of faith talks like this. That we shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Guess what happened? Thou shalt be saved. So when I confess, this is the way the righteousness of faith talks. Okay. Believe in my heart. Christ, that, that God raised him from the dead, I'm saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is what? May, come on, under salvation. So here's what I'm doing now. My mouth now is being set in agreement with my heart. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, what happens? Confession is made unto salvation. So my mouth comes in agreement with my heart. Because this is how the righteousness of faith talks or speaks. We come in agreement with our heart. Y'all with me? Now, so, and it really, well, let me just go on. For with the, uh, <clears throat> 11, for the scriptures saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, what? Shall be saved. So my mouth is important. Calling on the name of the Lord connects me to my salvation. A shall be takes place. So whatever I say, a shall be happens. Are y'all there? Whatever I say, a shall be happens. It's not a natural thing that happens. It's a supernatural thing that happens. It is a spirit it's going up in the spirit realm, transacting business, y'all. My mouth authorizes me to transact business in the spirit arena, y'all. And it brings the supernatural into my life. So whatever I call happens. Whatever I call happens. Y'all don't get it. Whatever I call, the shall be takes place. Yeah. 
I might have done this before, but let's go there again real quickly. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Verse 15 and 16. Thank you, Deacon. Y'all still in the car with me? Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. If you have it, say, I have it. You have the King James Version, Mother? Amplified? Okay. I need KJV. Somebody have King James Version? Stand up real quick. It's on the screen. Thank you very much. First 15, because we're going to go to 16 after this. It says, who is the image, talking about Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, verse 16, for by him, talking of Jesus, were how many things? All things created that are in where? Heaven and that are in where? Earth. They are visible and they are invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So now what that's saying is that Jesus, the word of God, created everything in the visible world and in the invisible world. So there are things that we can, we can see, C-A-N, that we can see around us. Just turn around and look around. You see stuff, don't you? But then there are things that are real that you cannot see. You do not see the wavelengths in this room. You do not see the frequencies that's flowing through here. But what we do, we have equipment in the rear that can pick up the different freak by certain frequencies, pick up what's going on in the invisible arena. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, go to Mark 11, and we're going to bring it home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I sneak something in on you? Okay. Y'all at Mark 11? Okay. Mark 11. Let me go there so y'all won't see. think I'm cheating. Mark 11. Now, could you put up on the screen for me? Do we have the New Living Translation on that? Throw up there Psalm 103 and verse number 20. Yeah, Psalm 103, verse 20. Y'all can just write that down. I don't want you to leave Mark 11. Okay. Psalm 103 and 20. Okay. Now, because we are kings declaring and decreeing, which means that we are establishing things. Okay? We have no worries because once we declare it, we have the backing of God. God backs up everything we say. Okay? 
So now every, when we declare this now as kings, kings have servants. The servants that you and I have are called angelos, angels, okay, angels, hallelujah, they are servants, amen. Now, look at this, praise the Lord, you angels, from the New Living Translation, you mighty ones, somebody say mighty, mighty. y'all got to understand mighty. Angels, the Bible says, excel in strength. Okay. You mighty ones who carry out his, God's plans, listening for each of his commands. The angels carry out God's plans, and here's their ears. They're listening. Come on. They're listening for each of God's commands. When you and I open our mouths and declare the will of God, come on, what we're actually declaring is what God desires, which are his commands. So when I declare, decree stuff in the earth, the angels who are servants of the Lord, they work, they're servants of of, of the people of God, They carry out what we've said. They go in, they are in the spirit realm pugging. They are getting down. They are moving things out of the way. They're working for us. Come on, tell somebody, get your angels working. Because they ain't listening for your words. They're listening for the word of the Lord. Okay, Mark 11. Mark 11, 22 through 25. I kind of glanced over this, but let me do it again. Mark 11, I'm going to go here. It says now, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall take possession, have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you ye desire when you pray or when you say, <laughs> believe that ye receive them and ye shall, come on, have them. Go to Ecclesiastes. No, go to Job chapter number 6. Job chapter number 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Job chapter number 6. It says there, I'm kind of moving. It says there in verse number 24. Teach me and I will hold my tongue. And cause me to understand wherein I have erred. How forcible are, what kind of words? Right words. But what doth your arguing reprove? The key there in this scenario is how to communicate. 
and it says that right words have force to them. Y'all with me? Tell your neighbor, use right words. Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12. Hallelujah. It says right there in verse number 11. Ten, excuse me. It says, nine. It says, (laughs) and moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs, sayings. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words. And that which was written was upright. Even words of truth. Y'all see that? The words, verse 11 is where I'm going. The words of the wise are as golds and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. Simply put, using right words connect us to the things we need to be fastened to. Okay. Proverbs 18, and I'll close right there. Proverbs 18. Hallelujah. You know this already, but just indulge me, please. Look there at verse number 20. A man's belly shall be satisfied... With the fruit of his mouth. Y'all see verse 20? A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. So your belly is satisfied from your words. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Hmm. So my belly gets filled by what I say. My heart gets filled with what I say. When I'm saying what I'm saying, I'm sowing what I'm saying. When I'm saying what I'm saying, it feeds my belly. When I'm saying what I'm saying, it makes my belly full. So what is my belly full of? Verse 21, death and life comes from my mouth. Death and life are in my mouth. Now remember, my belly gets full and satisfied and filled by what I'm saying. So death and life are the things that's in my mouth, in my tongue. So what am I filling my belly with? And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So I am filled with what I'm saying. What I'm saying what I'm saying turns on two positions. The position of death or the position of life. I bring this to the table because I want us 
to be mindful of what we're saying. I shared with a young lady today as I was sharing with her and counseling with her. Her and her mom were here and we were talking. And as we were talking, we had gotten to a point and I said, okay, I forbid you to say negative things about yourself again. Because the negative things that the young lady was saying about herself were words that she received as a diagnosis from doctors and other people. I said, I forbid you to say negative words. And I asked the question. About strengths. What are you good at? And when I forbid the young lady from saying negative words, she began to express, to tell, to answer my question about what she's good at. But she could find no words. Because the words that she was going to use will be the negative words. And so I watched her go through a confusing moment. Because she was searching for good words to describe what she's good at. And the only thing that kept registering was the old negative words about her. And she said, whoa, pastor, my head is hurting. I said, the faith muscle's now been awakened. I said, there's a muscle that you have not used yet. Because you've been trained To declare about yourself all of the things that others have said about you. That keeps you in the condition that you're in right now. And what you just heard, you tried to find a way to say the good things that you're good at. But you couldn't find words because the only thing that kept coming up were those negative words. She said, whoa! Whoa! Nobody ever showed me that before. I said, that's called revelation. I said, you just experienced revelation. I said, that's all I'm going to give you today for the lesson. I'm not giving you any more because you need to understand the power of revelation. I said, revelation is going to change your life. And I said, I forbid you ever to use negative words concerning yourself again. I said, now write down this, this experience that we just had, this exchange, write it down. Blow for blow. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. I said, this is the beginning now of the exercising and development of your faith. Words are powerful. They're powerful. They set in motion the life cycle or the death cycle. And God never designed you and I to release death. We are life givers. Hallelujah. We are life givers. So today I forbid you to use any negative words from now on. Okay, you work with that. Because facts change. Okay, it may be what it is now, but that's a fact. But the truth remains that you are the healed. The truth remains. That God wants to do something 
incredible in the earth. That's right. He said, if my people, Second Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by my name, come on, would humble themselves and pray. Seek my face and repent. Turn from their wicked ways. Abandon the flesh. Turn from their wicker, their twisted ways. Their wicked ways. He said, then, condition, then will I hear from heaven. God says, I'm here in heaven. He says, when you pray, seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, then I'm ready to hear you. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. Come on. And heal the land. It is the will of God to heal the land. But guess where the power is? In your mouth. Guess who the agents are? The agent is the church. He says the controller is in your hand. Align yourself with me and watch this land get healed. Align yourself with me. Watch your sons and your daughters come in. Align yourself with me. Watch people receive miracles. Watch healings. Watch watch. Things that have never happened before in human history happen. Align with me. Pray. Align with me. Power is released. Change takes place. You watch your community. Align with me. Saith the Lord. Watch the wealth transfer take place when you align with me. God's trying to get the wealth out of the hands of people who don't know what to do with it. He's trying to get it into the hands of those who know what to do with it. Ask your question, do you know what to do with it? Some will get money and run. The first thing you're going to get is a car. Then later on, oh, 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 here, God, I'm going to break you off something. God, I just want to say thank you. I'm going to break you off something. We break him off something like, like ace. God said, you don't know what to do with it. My mercy will keep giving you what you need to, to, to do what you need to do. But there's some stuff that, that I want you to do. When we align ourselves, stand to your feet. When we align ourselves. The reason why we're told to pray for presidents and to pray for kings and all those kind of things and those ones is because we have the power. Hey, 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 hey. We run the world. Don't matter who, who's put in the office. We need to get that as believers. We're fussing and fighting on who we want in, the, in, in Washington, D.C. Sitting on that throne. It don't matter who's sitting on the throne. The reason why it doesn't matter is because God is sitting on the throne and he's got his people here in the earth. So whoever is voted into office, we have something to say.
gets in there. I don't care what they stand for. I stand for abortion. That's your problem. It ain't ours. Because we're here for life. So by the time you open your mouth and try to rule this nation with that warped view, we have something to say. When you open your mouth, your mouth will be filled with what God wants. Because there's folks pushing down here. Folks travailing down here. Folks pregnant with the will of God down here. country going downhill let's put this one in have anybody ever been happy with any president I mean you be what you want your persuasion is what you persuasion you can be Republican you can be Democrat you can be independent you can be whatever you want to be you can be left wing right wing you can be whatever you want to be that's your decision that's your personal responsibility but my point is this that the kingdom is in charge You don't ever have to be president. You're more than hey, you're more than a president. Hallelujah. Man, lift those hands right there. Come on, y'all. Receive that power. Receive that that you have been given by God. Come on, slap a devil in the face every now and then. Come on, come on. Know who you are. Let's get rid of this injustice. You can march if you want. That's cool if that's what you want to do. But can we just go up into the heavens and do some business? Why don't we march up there? I'm not saying don't march. I'm saying open your mouth, though. I'm saying use the most powerful tool that there is in the world to change things in the world. Then if you want to march after you've declared something, go ahead and march. But don't hide behind a march and won't say nothing. Don't wait till you have a crowd to encourage you to do something physical. Get in the closet by yourself. go if you go for real I'm going to go if you don't go hallelujah I'm going I'm going to go up in this heavenly right now I'm going to do some business here I'm going to transact business there now see and, 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 and please understand this that the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God they're not going to the natural flesh and blood's not going to understand this flesh and blood's not going to get this So don't look for agreement with flesh and blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need agreement from flesh and blood. I already know that there's going to be resistance. But that ain't no problem. I'm going to operate in the armor that God has given me. Hallelujah. You can fade it out. I'm going to operate in the armor that God's given me. He told me to put on the whole 